Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. God bless you. I'm glad you're here. And I want to say thank you to Pastor Keith, Pastor Sheen, of course, Pastor Josh for the opportunity to bring God's word this morning. I don't take it lightly. I, I take it uh, uh, really serious, and uh, I take it so serious that I didn't wear a ball cap this morning. And, uh, and uh, I told my wife, I said, I got a new nickname for myself. It's called Triple B, Big Blessed and Bald. And so that's, <laughs> so that's going to be my new nickname. I lost my hair last year, and I've been wearing a ball cap for the last year. And this morning I got on stage and thought, well, I grew up in a church where you can't wear a ball cap on Sunday mornings, but I've been wearing it for the last year, breaking all kinds of religious traditionals. And how many are grateful that, man, God is not a God of whether you wear a ball cap or not. He loves you. I mean, I'm grateful. So this is what I got, folks. This is what I got. Just take it in. God bless you. <sighs> take it in. Well, we're going to talk about the U effect. I'm really excited about this because uh, this U effect series really is a, a, a philosophy that Pastor Keith came up many years ago. And it's found in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7, 23, verse 7. It says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. And uh, Pastor Keith said this last week, whether you know this or not, everybody has a philosophy of life, either by design or by default. And uh, it's real important that you understand that God puts you on this world, on this planet, to really to make a difference with your life. And so we're talking about thinking, being, and doing. The first week, Pastor Josh brought up our thinking. You know, we have a saying around here at Elevate Life Church, when you elevate your thinking, your life begins to elevate. Your life elevates to another level. That's why thinking is so important. That's where it starts. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, take every thought into the obedience, take every thought captive into the obedience of Jesus Christ. Did you know your thoughts are so important? If you think big, guess what happens? Your life will go big. If you think little, your life will stay little. So it starts with your thinking, then out of your thinking, you, you have a being, how you behave, your beliefs, your attitudes, how you respond to things. But it really starts with your thinking, then your being, then your doing. But just to recap a little bit of last week, Pastor Keith spoke on, on your being. Who do you want to be? Which I thought was so powerful. By the way, matter of fact, if you want to go to our YouTube channel, you can check out Elevate uh, Life and you can subscribe and uh, you can watch past messages. And I, 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 I promise you this thing's going to bless you. Well, here's what Pastor Keith said last week that it really got my attention. He said, in life, you're either an energy producer or an energy demander. Energy producers, watch this, they add value wherever they go. Energy demanders require that they be valued wherever they go. Another way we could say it is there's three types of people. There's feeders, needers, and bleeders. Now what you, now what you wanna, now stay with me for a second, you're like, huh? what you wanna be is you're not wanting to be a bleeder. No one wants to be bleed on, uh, you, know, and, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. No one wants to be a needer, but God designed us to be feeders in life, that we would bring hope, that we would bring joy, that we would bring peace. Wherever we go, guess what we do? We change the atmosphere because God puts something in us and on us, and we walk in the room. If the room is low, guess what? We bring the energy. We bring hope. We bring peace. We bring joy. God's called us to be those kind of people. We don't want to be bleeders or needers. We want to be feeders. And that's what an energy producer is. One thing, a leadershipology that I love that Pastor Keith said to himself uh, as he quoted himself last week, but I want to use this one in the doing part this week. It says this, our job is to believe. God's job is to do the impossible. 
the bridge between believing, the bridge between our believing in God doing the impossible is our willingness to initiate and take action. How many know that God's a God of action? How many are grateful that God's a God in action? You know, I, I love Pastor Josh because he, he'll just, he'll, he'll talk about himself like he's an introvert and he is, but I'm really like high level extrovert. Like I'm full throttle, like hundred percent. Like I don't shut it down until I just hit the wall and crash. And then I wake up, boom, ready to go. Just like that. No coffee, no energy drinks, no monsters, no Red Bulls. I mean, I'm just ready to go. And so that's kind of how I'm wired. So my wife is more introverted. She's more peace, bring it down, let's have some quiet time. And I'm always full throttle ramped up. The other day, for t we've been married almost 22 years in a row, and so it's been pretty good. And so uh, <laughs> we have a little thing. She's my Chicken McNugget, I'm her Big Mac. And then, uh, and so that's our little thing. Uh, you can take it, if you, okay, never mind. But so, so she said to me, she goes, she said to me the other day, she goes, hey, do you have to be here 24 seven? Do you have to be here? Like we've been together for almost 22 years. You're here, right here all the time. Can you just maybe bring it down just a couple levels? Everything's gotta be here. Like I, I, just, I just need a moment. I said, I'm here to help you. What, what do you wanna do? You wanna go somewhere? You wanna do something? You're, not, you're missing what I'm saying. I just bring it down. So just pray for me. I'm learning as a husband, I'm learning. But uh, I, I think there's something powerful about this. Let me, let me just remind you of something this morning before we dive in real quick. God made you perfect this morning. So you have to understand that because it starts with your thinking. You have been created in the image of an ever-loving, ever-present, ever-living, creative God. You're not an accident or a mistake or a mishap, useless, wasteless, disposable, but God has a plan for your life. According to Jeremiah 29, 11, he has a plan for you. And you need to recognize that and understand that because it starts with you first believing that. It's so powerful because here's the deal. You've been created in the image of God. According to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, you have been created in the image of God. According to Romans chapter 8, verse uh, uh, 16, it says that you are a child of God. And then we looked at last week, Pastor Keith talked about it in Psalms chapter 139, verses 13, 14, and 15, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And then if you go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that you are his workmanship created for good works. And if you go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says that you are a chosen generation, a holy nation. So when you understand who you are in Christ, you begin to think differently your being is different and then your doing is different and then you have what God wants you to have in the kingdom of heaven. And well, watch this. It starts with your thinking though. Then out of your thinking, you begin to behave, your attitude, your beliefs, you, how you govern yourself. And then you want to put action to that. See, a lot of people are BTNA, big talk and no action. But God's kingdom is BTAA, big talk and all action. Words are important, but actions mean what the words have been said. And so a lot of times we're not moving forward. Listen, sometimes we're just holding back. I remember this story when I was a kid. It was a fable story, but it has a master point to it. There was a prince, he was born with a deformity. He had a hunchback and he knew that he didn't want to be the prince that was known as a hunchback prince. One day he asked the sculpture to, to create this picture of how he saw himself, not as how he was. So this sculpture began to design this picture, uh, this sculpture of how he saw himself. And every day he would go in front of that statue and he would stand there and he would literally try to pull his back and his shoulders back to stand up as tall as he could. He would do everything he could to pull it back. For over 10 years he did this and eventually his physique matched the statue. Now watch this. 
It started with a thinking. It started with a thought. Then there was an attitude, a belief, uh, something behind that that says, I've got to do something. But then he took action. Watch this. Then he took action. He stood in front of that statue for 10 years. And here's the deal. What you put before you is eventually what you become. If you admire to be something, you got to set it before you. That's why the word of God is so important. That's why the word of God, it says it's living, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. This is what we got to set before us every day. Psalms 119 verse 105, it is a lamp unto, it is a lamp and uh, it's a light unto our path. It is a lamp, it helps us, it guides us, it walks with us, it, it teaches us. And it's so important that we understand that, that God designed you for more. I'll never forget, you know, I traveled for a long time uh, as a, uh, an evangelist, as a uh, traveling preacher with, not, not with Pastor Keith, but uh, on the same team at one time that he was on. And uh, I'll never forget this defining moment in my life. It was 2007. And uh, I was um, outside of Chicago in Aurora, Illinois. And uh, I was at First Presbyterian Church. And, uh, uh, and there was about 300 people in the church. And this church was a pretty old church. It was, um, it was actually rebuilt in 1901. It was kind of an old school amphitheater, had no air conditioning, had big stained glass windows. Matter of fact, I think there's a picture that I pulled off uh, to show you the church that I was at in 2007. And there it is. And if you look at the corner right there, those massive two stained glass windows, they actually open all the way up. It's actually on a crank system and it opens all the way up and it, and it pulls out all the way. And so, which was, uh, which was pretty powerful, but in the summertime with no air conditioning, uh, it's, it gets pretty hot. But I never forget this moment in my life. It was 2007. I was preaching a message. It was called the right now God. And uh, it was old school, but it was kind of cool back then. Uh, it was the right now God that God wants to do something right now. And I was preaching and I was just standing up there teaching. And all of a sudden, uh, I, I, you know, it was about 300 people and there's a Presbyterian church. And, and uh, most of them uh, were older. Most of them have died, but no one told them. And so God, uh, nah, just, just making sure y'all with me this morning, man. Yes. Lord, forgive me. Pastor, love you. Sorry. Okay, so, so what happened is this guy started walking down the aisle. And I'm, and I'm thinking maybe he knows somebody on the front row. He's going to sit with them. And I'm, and I'm like teaching, you know, awareness. When you're on stage, you have an awareness. And I'm watching. All of a sudden, the guy starts walking down. I think, okay, man. Like, you're passing the second row. The front row's full. Like, I don't know where you're going to sit. And then all of a sudden, he starts walking up. And this was a moment in my life. And he walks up. And there's stairs, about three stairs that lead up to the platform. And he literally stands in front of the stairs. He takes off a leather vest and he throws it onto the, on, onto the platform. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm still in the, in the preaching, in the teaching, in the speaking. And he's doing this. And I'm thinking, okay, cool, bro. Like, I'm not sure what we're doing right now. But I, you know, and I had never been there before. Never had this experience. And all of a sudden, right there, he started crying. And he looked at me and goes, I need help. And I was like, okay, cool, man. I'm preaching a message about a right now God, and he's saying, I need help right now. And it was like, well, bro, I'm not done with my message yet. <laughs> it's like, can you sit? Like, we'll get you there, but I got to, they brought me in to share this message with these people, but I'm not there yet. And I remember missing it for a moment. I remember thinking, God wants me to take action right now. God wants me to do something right now. Not after, not later, but right now. And then all of a sudden, I reached down, and the pastor came. His name is Jeff. Pastor Jeff came over, and right there we prayed in the middle of a service, and we led him to the Lord, and he gave his life to Christ. Well, afterwards, I, I, he sat up with the pastor. Afterwards, I hold this whole story. 
He was part of the Latin Kings, a gang outside of Chicago, and he was rolling with them. And all of a sudden, he had this, he had this, he had this moment in his life where he was going down to do some crazy stuff uh, that morning to a friend of his that kind of narked on him, and he told us this whole story. But he was walking by the church, and this is what he said. He goes, I felt like there was a giant hand that grabbed my vest and literally led me in here. And as soon as I walked into this auditorium, all I saw was you speaking and I knew I need to get down to the altar. Well, I knew what it was, but some people didn't know what it was because we're in a Presbyterian church, no, no disrespect, but they didn't understand it was a, God was doing something right there. What it was, was God was tugging on his heart the very moment right there to take action and to do something. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that as long as my life. I called my wife. And I mean, matter of fact, it was old school flip phone. Pulled the flip, pulled the antenna. i never forget it. Verizon. Hey, what's up? I'll never forget it. And I called her and I said, guess what happened? This was the craziest thing I've ever experienced so far. A man walked up from the Latin Kings and he threw his vest on the table, on the altar. And he gave his life to Christ. I'll never forget that moment. Since then, I've not preached that message. But today I want to give you just a little piece of that message I used to preach. And it's found in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 is pretty powerful. If you have your Bibles, you can open up. If not, there's a Bible in the sky or you can go to your phone. And this is just something that used to be so powerful. Um, I, I think there's something so powerful in this passage of scripture. Let me read these 10 verses. I'm going to close. I'm going to get out of your hair and we're going to be done. So here it is. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, listen to this. This is the word of God. Immediately Jesus made his disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side. He sent the multitude away. And then after the multitude away, went away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now evening came and he was there. The boat was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the winds were contrary. Now the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on water. And then the disciples saw him and they thought it was a ghost and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus said these three words. He said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And then Peter said, if it is you, command me to come. Jesus said, come, come to me, Peter. And Peter stepped out of the boat and began to walk on water. But when Peter saw the wind, saw the waves, he was afraid immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and he caught Peter and he said you of little faith why have you doubted and he got back in the boat and the wind ceased here's some thoughts for you today on this passage of scripture here it is Jesus just got done doing a massive miracle he just got done feeding 5,000 some people say there was 15,000 people there he had two fish and five loaves of bread he just got done doing a miracle, a miracle in front of 12 disciples, John, James, uh, Peter, Matthew, Bartholomew, Jude, the other James, uh, Andrew, Simon. He just got done doing this massive miracle in front of 12 disciples. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he says, hey guys, you guys get into the boat. You go to the other side and I'll meet you there. He sends the crowd away. Jesus goes up to the mountain. He starts praying. Well, the disciples have found themselves now in the middle of the sea. They're four miles in into the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is eight miles wide, 13 miles long. They found themselves in the middle of a sea. Now the waves have kind of transitioned. The, 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 the clouds had rolled in. And all of a sudden, 
Now they find themselves in the midst of a storm. The Bible says they're in the middle. You ever been in the middle of a situation before? You ever found yourself in the middle of a family dynamic? You ever found yourself in the middle of something that you weren't asking for, but somehow you found yourself in the middle? And a lot of times we teach that the middle is bad, but let me just help you understand something. The middle is not bad because the middle is the halfway point of to where you were to where you want to be. The middle is okay. It's better than what most people think. It's better than what most people think. It's equal distance from where you started to now where you want to be. And a lot of times we think the middle is bad. The middle is not bad. Here it is, the disciples found themselves in the middle of a tough situation. They're rowing, they're exhausted. Most of these guys are professional fishermen. They've been in rough sea before, but this sea was a little bit different. They couldn't understand what, what was going on. But all of a sudden, I'm grateful that we serve a God who will leave the high places and come down to us in the midst of our storms and our struggles and our situations. I'm grateful that we serve a God that's willing to walk on water, do miracles in our life. See, I don't know if you understand something. We serve a real God. The Bible says in Isaiah, he's not the God of the dead, but he's the God of the living. He's alive. He's real. He wants to do something in your life. He wants to change your life. But it starts with your thinking, your being, then your doing, and then you have those things that God wants you to have. Now watch this. This is what's so crazy to me. I think about stories in the Bible that people were in the middle. Daniel chapter, Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the middle of a fiery furnace. Daniel chapter 6, Daniel found himself in the middle of a den of lions. Hey, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, David found himself in the middle of a situation facing a giant. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas found themselves in the middle of a situation chained in a prison. Sometimes the middle is not that bad. But we've been trained over the years that we're stuck. No, you ain't stuck. There's a, there's a God that wants you to do something in the middle. He wants you to take action in the middle. And a lot of times we back away because we're just stuck. God, come and heal my marriage. Well, guess what? We got a marriage class on Wednesday nights that you could take action into. God, heal my finances. Well, guess what? We've got an opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. Whatever you sow, you will reap. So if we take action... God can do something. But a lot of times we're not action driven. We're, God help me, I need you. And God's saying, hey, the bridge between what you're believing for is you gotta initiate some action. So we've gotta take action. So this is really cool. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and move this out of the way because I'm gonna show you something right here. So at this part of the story, you've got the 12 guys that are in the boat. And they're in a storm. They're in a massive storm. And it's not no little calm little storm. It's a storm. They're in the middle. And the storm is going pretty hard. And they find themselves rowing. Can you imagine? Can you imagine right here? You're with your 12 guys. And you can imagine 12 different personalities. You got Peter over here saying, come on, guys, push through. Jesus said the other side. We got to obey him. You got Philip. Hey, guys, I don't know, man. This is pretty bad. We should turn around. You got Bartholomew. Hey, man, let's pray right now. God said he'll be with us. He'll never leave us, forsake us. And then here's Andrew. Come on, guys, just get it together. Let's be in unity. Here's Bartholomew. Hey, I don't know. I mean, you got all the confusion happening. And they're, they're, just, they're, just, they're just in the middle, man. They're trying. And all of a sudden, it goes from the, out of the frying pan and into the fire because all of a sudden they see this ghost. It got bad to worse. I'm going to make up a word, to worser. 
all of a sudden they're in the middle of a storm and all of a sudden they see a ghost. And all of a sudden they look and it looks like Jesus, the Bible says. This is my argument right here. It's possible, it's possible to be around Jesus, but not know who Jesus really is. That's an argument that I got. I'm, I'm studying this passage of scripture. I'm thinking, it is possible for people to be around Jesus, but never really experience Jesus. The disciples just saw a miracle. Jesus is walking on water. He left the mountain. He's walking on water. And here it is. These guys are in a boat. And all of a sudden, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, don't use that language. Watch. That's the language of doubt. If it is you. If you go back to Matthew chapter 4, the enemy uses the same language. If you are the son of God, throw yourself off this mountain and command the angels of the Lord to catch you. If you are the son of God, turn those stones into bread so you can eat. If you are the son of God, watch this, go ahead and, 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 and bow down to me and I'll give you this kingdom. It's the language of doubt. God never designed his people to use doubt in his language. He never designed us to use doubt. But somehow in the middle, we start doubting stuff because our thinking gets distorted. Our thinking gets messed up. Then our being and then our action out of our being doesn't translate properly. So here it is. Hey, Lord, if that's you, if that's you, command me to come. And then all of a sudden, Jesus says three simple words, three simple phrases. The first one is this. Take courage. Take courage. It is I. What is, what is I? It is I translated into the Greek means I am. Now I am is a present tense. It means always. It means everlasting. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 verse eight, Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today and forever. I don't change. So the good thing is this, the good thing is this, we have a God who's always there for us and he doesn't change his mind. How many are grateful for that? And so watch this, all of a sudden Peter, all, here it is. He says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come. 12 guys in the boat, Judas, He's over here counting money, trying to figure out how he's going to get paid. You got Jude. They don't know if he's Jude or Taddeus. They don't know what his name is because he goes by two different names. And all of a sudden, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, the only guy out of the 12 that took a step of faith. You know what faith is? Faith is risk. You know what action is? It's risk. It's risk at a level. The Bible says that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter one, verse, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we understand this. If we wanna please God, we gotta have risk. If we wanna please God, we gotta have faith. If we wanna, now, now faith is a noun, but it's best used as a verb. Faith is action. And a lot of times we don't take action and God's looking for us to take action as his people. We are the church, we are the body, we are the ones that can make the world a better place, but we gotta take action. Peter takes action in this moment. Lord, if it's you, Peter steps out of the boat. This is crazy to me. He steps out of the boat and he starts walking on water. Now, a lot of times people preach that he saw the waves and he got afraid. A lot of times people will say, oh, he saw the thunder and he got scared. He saw the lightning and he gave up. No, because he's walking on water and he walks close enough to Jesus that all Jesus has to do is extend his hand out and help him. Now watch, here's the argument. The other argument is this. Look how far he came. He took a step of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The man took 30, 40 feet out of the boat and he walked by faith. 
Faith is action. Faith is risk. What, what, what happens in our life? Sometimes we're, we just get passive. We just get, we just get comfortable. You know what? We just get satisfied where we're at. No, God's a God of more. He wants to do something in your life. He wants you to take action. And all of a sudden, Peter has made it this far. You know, I was thinking about something. I'm in my right mind. Who else could it be? All my bills are paid. Who else could it be? I've got healing in my body. Who else could it be? My family's taken care of. Who else could it be? God woke me up this morning. Who else could it be? Look how far I've made it. Who else could it be? It's not a ghost. It's the son of God. And all of a sudden, Peter starts doubting in his heart at some place along the journey. And he starts sinking. Now I'm 250 pounds, 65. Now here's the deal. I just felt that little check right there. Like, okay, Holy Spirit got you. Yes, sir. My bad. I have never seen anything sink in water at 265 pounds. I've seen things go underwater, but the Bible says he began to sink as he started doubting and he stopped taking action. He began to sink. And then Jesus was close enough that all he had to do was extend his hand and pull Peter right back up. Action is faith. God wants you to take a step of action. He wants you to take a step of faith. He wants you to risk it for him. Our life has been designed to make a difference for Jesus. This is what, this is what most people will live their life like. Just in the comfort of safety. Just in case, I'm ready. Y'all, you're not going to make it, but I'm going to make it. I'm ready. This is comfortable. This is comfortability. This is faith. This is action. Man, it ain't always been great, but I can tell you one thing. I've always been a man of action. It's not always been easy, but I've always took a step of faith. I've always trusted God. I was thinking about our pastors. I was thinking about Pastor Keith and Pastor Sheila and the family. I was thinking 21 years ago, they took a step of action to plant a church right here in Frisco, Texas with 30,000 people in this area. Now look what God has done. There's a cathedral, 8,500 Teal uh, Parkway. Look what God has done. There's a group of people that love God that come to church every Sunday morning that watch online. There's a group of people that God wants to use. Why? Because there's a people that will take action that are faith faith filled and so a lot of times we're gonna we're gonna stand before God or one day we're gonna stand before God and it's gonna either look like this or it's gonna look like this Lord I was faithful I went and I sat and I listened Lord I've been faithful I went I sat, I listened, and I took action. Because your Bible says in James 1.22, don't be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. So what did I do? I took action. I got on a team. I gave faithfully. I served my community. When the pastor asked for help and we had a big outreach, I showed up to give my 1%. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like when it's all said and done. My last thought for you is this. Peter got out of the boat and he walked to Jesus. But then when Jesus took Peter by the hand, they got back into the boat. The Bible says that the wind ceased and stopped. 
I'm grateful that God changed my life. November the 14th, 1984, I was nine years old. My dad had made a lot of bad choices. Drugs, alcohol, in and out of jail, locked up. Came from a very, very messed up home life. A lot of trauma, fighting, argument, screaming. But one day someone took action and they invited me to church. I sat on the third row and I heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus. I responded to the good news of Jesus, that God loved me, that God had a plan for my life, that God cared about me. It was November the 14th, 1984, at nine years old, a little boy who grew up on welfare, who didn't have a lot going on for him. But somehow I knew that Sunday morning that God was going to change my life. I heard the gospel, the good news. The good news is God loves you this morning. The good news is everything's going to be okay. The good news, it doesn't matter if you're in the middle of a storm or not. Everything's going to be all right. Look how far you made it. You woke up this morning. God draw breath out of your lungs. You got blood running through your veins. You ain't got to live in fear. You ain't got to live in doubt. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. God is for you. First Joshua one, uh, Joshua one, five, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God's called you to be the head and not the tail above and not beneath. Romans chapter eight, verse 31. If God is for you, who can be against you. Come on, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. At nine years old, I gave my life to Christ and I walked down here and I said yes to Jesus. It changed my life, but I had to take an action step. If you're far from God, all you got to do is take one step and God will take 999 on your behalf. If there was a thousand steps separating you, that one step could say, man, I just need Jesus. I need him to get in the middle of my situation, my storm. My thinking is going to get right. My being is going to get right. And then my doing is going to bring honor and glory to you. And I'm going to have that life that you want me to have. You know, when I did that, I went back home and I told my mom, my brother, every Saturday there'd be a bus that would come by and they'd pick me up and I'd get on a, uh, it was called Saturday morning school bus ministry. And I'd get on a school bus and I'd go to church. I'd sit there with a bunch of other friends of mine in the neighborhood and we would learn about Jesus. We'd sing songs. And all of a sudden, my brother wanted to come. My brother was seven years old. He came to church with us. A few months later, my mom at 26 years old, a drug addict, an alcoholic, and she came and she sat in that service and she gave her life to Christ. About a year later, my dad, within one year, my dad, who was 27 years old, just got out. My dad, he came to that church on Sunday morning. Pastor Denny Duran was speaking down in, uh, uh, down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And all of a sudden he was speaking. And my dad at 27 years old, a drug addict and alcoholic, my father stood up and he walked forward and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Can I just tell you something? Action steps, action, 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 action steps. Yes, Lord, I'm done. <laughs> action steps. That was the angels breaking it down in heaven. <laughs> What action step do you need to take this week? Is it to help somebody? Is it to pray for somebody? What action step do you need to take? Peter took a massive action step. A lot of times we criticize Peter, but here's the deal. We tell Peter he's the man of little faith, but there was 11 other guys that had no faith. We always criticize the guy that would get out. It's like the Monday morning quarterback. We'll criticize the Monday morning quarterback, but we ain't never stood in the pocket and threw the football. It's real easy to watch it on screen and kind of like, redirect energy. It's another thing to get in there. You know, it's like the fight. You can get in the fight. Uh, you can be on the sidelines and you can watch the fight. Oh, he should have given the uppercut. Oh, he should have gave the round. You ain't in it. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. And a lot of times God wants us just to take that step. Let me pray for you.
Father, today I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this series. Your think plus your be plus your do equals what we have. God, let us think on those things like Philippians chapter four, verse eight says, think on those things which are pure and noble, which are righteous. I pray right now for every single person in this room that God, as we take those action steps, that Lord, we'll bring honor and glory to you. Let us glorify you with our lives. God, here's our prayer this morning. Here it is. Use us to build your kingdom. Use us to bring honor to you. Thank you, Lord God, that we're not gonna be people that are just gonna sit, but we're gonna get involved. We're gonna participate. We're gonna get behind Pastor Keith and Pastor Sheila and Pastor Josh. We're gonna rally this city, especially people that are lost, that need you. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, you've never taken that step to say, man, I need Jesus. I wanna give you an opportunity. All you gotta do is simply raise your hand on the count of three and I'll count you in this prayer of saying, I need Jesus. I need to take that step. I need to take that action step. If that's you today, simply on the count of three, lift up your hand and I'll pray for you right now. Here we go, one, two, three. Slip your hand up. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. A couple hands are lifted this morning. Let's pray for those right now. If everyone could repeat after me, everybody say, dear Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God, that you love me, that you gave your life for me, that I might have life and life to the fullest. Thank you for saving me, redeeming me in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.